All right, folks, welcome back again. Another edition of the Barely Live podcast for you. We definitely appreciate you folks listening last week to my uh, my my pain with my apartment complex people. But uh, things are getting sorted out, and we'll give you an update on that here in just a little bit. But uh, now we have another special guest on this week. Um, as you guys remember, a couple weeks ago we had uh, Diamond Dallas Page on, and now this week another uh, former WWE superstar, uh, Nick Bully Busick, is joining us today. Nick, uh, thanks for the time being on the show today. How are you doing? Doing well. You had DDP last week. You got Big Boy Busick this week. And you guys are on a roll. Hey, we're saving the best for last. Yeah. Is you, that what it is? You might be, the, you might be our last. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you guys are having some technical difficulties, so you better get that straightened out. You know what I mean? Hey, it wasn't really technical difficulties. I'm going to be really honest with you. We're trying to decide what I wanted my wife to fix us for dinner when we were done, and we couldn't really figure it out. So, And what was the decision? You know, I, I went vegan about a month ago, and uh, so I got to be careful with what I eat. I don't do anything animal. Um, but she's making, she makes a variation of a Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell completely meatless. I know it sounds horrible, but it's amazing. So that's what we went with. I, I'm sorry well, I didn't, I didn't that, have a better that's story. Hard for a guy, that's hard for a guy who lives by the motto of T-bone steaks and barbell plates. I <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you later. No. <laughs> hey, there's no DiCarlo's up here. Boy, that, you, you guys are in bad shape. We something about that. Oh, no, I have uh, experienced the Car- the, the uh, DiCarlo's pizza, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sad that it's not anywhere near us either. I think you have to go... All the way to the other side of Columbus to find a DeCarlo's that was closed for a while and then it reopened. So uh, we're, we're trying to catch up and get some good pizza in this town. Yeah, DeCarlo's is definitely, uh, if you're not from this high valley, uh, people that haven't eaten DeCarlo's are, they say, well, the cheese isn't melted. Well, you know, how are you supposed to eat pizza, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, uh, how, how about you think of it this way? Less grease, less mess, and uh, it's still delicious. So what are you complaining about? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, quick story since we're talking about pizza, which is one of my favorite subjects. Um, uh, Myrtle Beach opened up at DiCarlo's, just so you know, and they have a tray challenge. You have to finish an entire tray within 30 minutes, and basically you got it for free in a T-shirt. But uh, I tried it and uh, was very unsuccessful. I think it's the cheese you, thing. In my, in my day, I might have I might have been able to beat that challenge in my day. How many do you think you can take back now in a half hour? Well, not very many. Uh, <laughs> I used to be able to do 14 to 16, and if I was hungry, I might put a heck of a dent in a tray. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, those trays are pretty big. I, I watched Bubba uh, suffer through that, uh, that uh, towards the end there. And he he did the best he could, but I think uh, switching to vegan really uh, untrained him for that uh, situation. I went out with a bang, though, at least. So at least I got the DiCarlo's challenge in, and then I decided to say, screw animals, I'm not doing cheese for a while. So, yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so how are things in the Valley these days? What's going on there? The High Valley, you guys miss it or what? Absolutely not. So how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? It, it's it's sad to say, you know, you come from my era when the Sahara Valley was really a booming steel town industry, and you had all these great little towns around here. And uh, not that I want to get off on a political venture, but man, I hope Trump gets it and he can pump some life back into this country and this valley. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. Every time I go back there, it's it's 
it's a little bit depressing. I mean, just because I was born and raised there, and uh, it's just it, the, since the steel mills went down, it's it's totally changed, hundred percent. I think. Well, the only thing that hasn't changed is big red football. There so, you go. There you go. They're, they're, they're still rocking and rolling. Yeah, actually, it's it's funny. I didn't get a chance to go to a game for years, and I used to play. And um, they went to the state this past year, and they had it up here in Columbus at the stadium. And I said, right. you know what? I'm going to go. Freezing cold, I'm going. I, I got to go do this. And they, they lost. So, yeah, it was depressing. But I tell you what, they're uh, they're – Quite the uh, quite the team. Yeah, they can, they can hold their own with any team in the United States for sure. I agree. Well, um, well, I'm, I'm actually not from Steubenville, but Bubba, but being friends with Bubba for almost ten years now, I feel like I know the place like the back of my hand. And when DeCarlos was here in Columbus uh, for a brief time, and then it shut down, um, you know, that's, I got to experience that small part of his hometown. And actually, he and I are trying to plan for us to take a road trip up there so he can actually show me around um, and kind of give me a sense of of what the town was like because I'm from Newark, Ohio. Um, which is yep. uh, which is like about forty minutes east of Columbus. Um, so there was there was also a lot of industry there. Um, I think one of the plants is still open. It's called Hall of Fame. It makes lights, um, and they also had Owens Corning out there and stuff like that. And also Rockwell, um, you know, that made like uh, like gears and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely familiar with that type of area and you know how things change and, and stuff like that. So I feel like he and I kind of come from the same place, although it's in it's actually two different places and. Uh, and so, but I'm I'm still uh, looking forward to my trip to Steubenville, though. I, I I'd like to get a, a look at the place, and he's got all these places he wants me to try and see. So I'm actually looking forward to it. Well, you'll have a thrill in the ville, buddy. You'll have a thrill in the ville. <laughs> one place, one place I want to tell. Uh, I definitely wanted to take him was uh, Naples. Oh yeah, yeah. If I you used... love the Carlos, you'll love Naples. For Thing sure. is, I remember growing up, and I used to. I think we had it like once every two weeks or something. We'd go and, and get some and. I don't know if you've ever had their meatball heel. Of course. Oh, you my God. <laughs> See, there you go. I wanted to make sure you're really from there. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. All right, so let's talk a little about, a bit about the wrestling thing. You started, what, sure. ni- 1978-ish? Yeah, right in that general area. In fact, the wrestling fan posted a, a card, I think we were in Johnstown, Ohio, and I was wrestling Baron Miguel Cicluna, and that was 36 years ago. Wow. Holy double mackerel. Wow. <laughs> I have family that live in Croton near Johnstown, and my uh, my cousin went to Johnstown High School and played football for them. Wow, I had no idea that they even held events out there. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a different time, different era. It was back then when I started, it was with the it was the WWF. That's when Vince Senior, the father, uh, had it. But mm-hmm. you had what was called territories back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it wasn't for Bruno San Martino and Dominic Dinci putting up with me, and uh, I basically got all my training right there in the ring because they kept booking me. Uh, Bruno sort of liked me because of my powerlifting background, and, and Dominic just sort of towed me along, and those guys put up with me. Uh, until I went down to Atlanta, and then Jerry Blackwell got a hold of me. I'll tell you what, you couldn't have asked for two better mentors than uh, Danucci and San Martino. Yeah. Definitely. Well, the, the guys that actually broke me 
into was a Greek guy from Steubenville by the name of Mike Bedusis. Mm-hmm. And I, I had I had to, he was a family friend, and I had to hound him uh, to get me in the business. But the business, the wrestling business was much more guarded back then. You, you, you don't, you don't see, in fact, you don't see half of what you see today. Of uh, You see a lot of guys in the business that frankly just don't belong in the business. But, uh, you know, things evolve, and then, uh, the business is different than when I was in it uh, back in the early 90s and late 80s. Did you, um, did you just start out as a fan when you were younger and just kept watching? Of course. And, okay. Yeah, studio wrestling. Are you kidding? Bruno, there, there was no sports hero for me other than Bruno San Martino. So, you know, when I first, my first match was actually in the Pittsburgh Civic Arena, wow. and uh, I was already a policeman in Weirton. And they, they would use what was called local talent on the cards back then. And I'll never forget walking in that locker room, and there was all my sports heroes. And, you know, I had to sit down and shut up, and I was, I was nervous as a prostitute <laughs> in church. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine what that would be like when you're in the same room with people you've admired for your entire life. Um, you know, I can only imagine it like a like a football rookie who's being drafted to a team and seeing the veterans in the locker room and like, oh my gosh, am I going to fit in? What's going to happen? You know, <laughs> am I going to get hazed? Am I going to get ribbed? I can only imagine what was going through your mind in that moment. Oh yeah, it was crazy. I mean, to walk in there and you had Ivan Putski and Haystack Calhoun, wow. Dominic Bruno, Johnny DeFazio, Kenny Patera. I mean, it was it, it was like a. a, a was just dumbfounded when I walked through that locker room. So did anyone, any of the wrestlers there, I mean, who took you under their wing? Well, certainly Bruno and Dominic and, and mm-hmm. all, all the local guys here in the Pittsburgh area uh, did when I, when I first started. Now, when I moved to Atlanta, uh, a wrestler by the name of Jerry Blackwell really took interest in me. And then uh, guys like Abdul the Butcher, Mr. Wrestling Number 2, uh, Bruce Brody was down there too, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I, I I did real well with people like Bruce Brody and Abdul the Butcher. The, 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 and they worked a little bit what we call work different. Uh, and, and, and I mean, see, the business isn't even guarded today. You can go on the internet and find anything I'm talking about. So I, I, I I'm still candid about the business, but uh, you know I have a lot of respect for the business. And, and even today, you'll hear a lot of old timers. Bad mouth the product today, but those kids that are working today, oh my God! I, listen, I don't know how they're going to walk when they're my age because what they put their bodies through is just unbelievable. So you couldn't fly over the top rope and and do all that stuff, brother. When you're 275, 280 pounds, you don't buy too much anywhere. Yeah, you're not leaving yeah, the ground that's very that's often. That's for guys that weigh 200 pounds to 220. Mm-hmm. So do you, are you still watching now? I, you know what? I, I, I attempt to catch it. Yeah, sure. Okay. I didn't know if you had anyone that you uh, you looked at and said, okay, they're, they're going to be someone big or someone that you liked a lot that's been in uh, the past couple of years. Well, the, the way they, they push talent today, you have a host of people that they push, and, and every match is a big match where – even back in my day, the, you, you led up to the main event, and there was the, the, the top half of the card was your, your, your people that they were so-called pushing, you know what I mean? But today, because of the way the product's designed, everybody is built to a certain extent, and, 
and, and you see that uh, more so today than as in the past. Yeah, a, another thing that I I've, I remember you brought up a good point when you listen to um, you know other guys from from past times, like especially in like the eighties and, and like seventies and eighties, you, you really notice a big difference because I actually have I have like the ultimate Ric Flair collection on DVD, which I absolutely love, and you'll know and you'll notice that like the feuds took a lot longer to build up to. They they told a much longer story, and even the matches themselves were much longer too. So they could finally, you know, build on the story or or put a final, you know, nail in that story or or really give it a good finish or something. And now it's so fast paced. It's like within two weeks. Oh well, this guy hit this guy in the back of the head, and now it's a title match. So I, I definitely see that difference today. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, from what I remember, and, and you have a lot of you have a lot of independent shows today, which is a good thing for the guys trying to make it, but. In, in, in those independents, you'll, you'll see a, a lot of guys wanting to do WWE stuff. And, and really, when you see an independent show, they should go back to that old format to where they're telling the stories because independent shows are not the WWE. And, you know, you see these guys working what we call spots, and it has no meaning, meaning whatsoever uh, in the match. You know, and the, the younger guys think, well, that's what we need to do on these independent shows. And that's, that's, nonsense really yeah and one, one thing i noticed along the same lines is uh, we've both been to house shows um for you know wwe and uh ring of honor and they it, the, the performance at the house shows are completely different than when they're televised it's almost like they, they go back to the independent roots that they have and mm-hmm. they're not on tv they can do what they want now in a way um Vince isn't looking over their shoulder the whole time. You know, I think that's what's I, – I think house shows are actually better than going to see a, a, a tape show anymore. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's there, there's all – well, when you go to a WWE show, they, they have what's called agents. And, and listen, even when I was at the WWE, uh, these guys ran a top shelf. And to this day, they run a top shelf organization and uh, – you know, when I was offered to take the bully up to WWE, I jumped on it because th- that's where I began. That was my home. Uh, and I actually, I should have held off a little bit more because uh, Bill Eady, who's uh, actually from Johnstown, uh, had me paired with Bad News Brown. And uh, we could have took that tag team a long ways. My uh, my my urgency to try to get to the WWE uh clouded my my better thinking and i should have held out a little bit longer and i think i'd have been better off but you know hindsight's what they say hindsight's 50 50 yeah something like that that, (laughs) (laughs) well no definitely because i you know you read i'm actually reading the autobiography of uh, of sean michaels and uh and i can definitely see where you're coming from when it you know when you wish you had built up the tag team a little more to build up your own brand and you know that seemed to have been something that worked well for guys like Shawn Michaels when he and Marty Jannetty were a part of the Rockers, and they really tore things up in a in the AWA before they were brought to WWE. So, um, but I mean, still at, at the same time, though, um, you know, when you get that call, you get excited. You you want that money. You want that. Uh, you want to take that next step. 
up. So it's it's hard, you know, in when you're in the moment to do something. I mean, that could work for anybody in any kind of job when you get recruited by somebody or they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna give you this and you get more of this and you're just like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I definitely can relate well, to that. Actually, it's, it, it's actually harder to get to the WWE than it is to get drafted by an NFL team. Uh, oh, there's yeah. some numbers out there somewhere, but yeah, if you make it to the WWE, you you have you have made it to the big league. Mm-hmm. Definitely, well, it's kind of like a you know a football player in college who is very successful. He's a junior, and it's a matter of skipping your senior year or going to make money in in the big leagues. And yeah. I think that's what the independent. Once you get that offer. It may not come back again. You know, you can go. Stay, you're right. You could stay in Independence and get hurt in your next match, and you're done. I mean, it's it's one of those types of businesses. Yeah, there's there's like forty five to fifty spots at the WWE, and and you know that's one team in the NFL. You know what I mean? So, but it's uh, you listen. The wrestling fan is is the best fan bar none out of any sport on the market today. Yeah, I, I definitely can... I, I'll agree with you on that, too, because when we went to a Ring of Honor show about a year or two ago uh, down in Cincinnati, um, and, and even at a live... Even at a WWE event, whether it's, you know, um, you know whether it's you know, televised or not, um, I've been to football games, I've been to basketball games, I've been to baseball games, and I will tell you that there is a sense of camaraderie and a sense of unity with uh, wrestling fans because it's like, you know, this is ours, and we're all here, and it's like everybody talks it, like they're old friends, and, you know, you share stories about events you've been to, who you've met, stuff like that. So, yeah, we, we are definitely a different uh, uh, cut from the rest. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I was actually uh, I was speaking about uh, at my workplace today with a coworker about uh, talking to you this evening, and I brought up how uh, I had watched recently a match with you and uh, Brawler when um, I think you lost me a countout and uh, Danny, yeah, Danny I was, Davis. I was on my way out when uh, I was finishing my contract, and uh, those mat- those three matches with Brawler was. Sort of my way of tipping my hat and saying thank you. Mm-hmm. Didn't you have um, speak uh, when your contract was up? Were you scheduled to do um, a pay per view that you were you were going to be? Yeah, it, yeah, I was at SummerSlam, and uh, the, the contract I had was two year, one year optional. And uh, my you know my kids were were little and they were growing up, and I, I was actually tired of the road, and and uh, it was just a different life and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just decided not to renew the contract, and uh, I wanted to be around the kids. And because the, people don't realize how rough the road really is, uh, you know, we I, we had, and I don't know this to be exact, but roughly you work twenty six days on, three off, twenty eight days on, four off, and uh, it, it gets pretty pretty hectic. Well, I do respect you quite a bit for that because there's quite a few, probably a majority of uh, the pro wrestlers that just stay with it, go on the road and, and don't get to see their kids grow up or anything like that. So. Yeah, I, I certainly don't regret the fact that I left and was a very integral part of uh, my kids growing up and uh, the football and we're a big wrestling family. And so that was all, all, all good. My youngest boy actually went to big red and my oldest boy graduated out of Weir high school in Weir in West Virginia, which is a neighboring city of Steubenville. The red riders. 
Yep, the Ricky Roberts. <laughs> hey, um, in fact, he played on he played on the last state championship team, and Blanco uh, played with Big Red. Uh, he graduated in two thousand nine, and he uh, went on to West Virginia on a full ride. So nice. Yeah, we're we're a big sports oriented family. Great, that's great. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you: we were talking about uh, Bad News Brown. Were you still in the WWF at that time um, when he got brought up? No, uh, I met Bad News when we got a we got a contract with Global down at, e- at ESPN, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's how I wound up teaming up with Bad News. But when the bully character hit, uh, the bully, the big bully music, the character just took off so fast it was almost scary. And uh, once it hit ESPN. I actually got calls from, from WCW and the WWE. I was on the plane on the way to Vince's house when the WCW called because the bully character, uh, I mean, it was, it, it really, really launched quickly. It was definitely unique, you know, different from anybody, anything anybody else was doing at the time when, you know, it, I guess you know everybody likes to call it a gimmick or something like that. I I I don't know. I try to stray away from that word, but you know it didn't seem well. It seemed like something that people could still relate to, almost in a sense, because you know even though you had you know the 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 mustache and the bowler hat, it was still like something like I feel feel like I could see somebody like that walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, well that that was the that was the charismatic part of the bully, and don't forget the vitamin big bully vitamin fortified. Oh, definitely, yeah. The cigar, oh yeah. Actually, you know, and and then I saw somebody like that. (laughs) Vince would not allow me to use the cigar, though. He he didn't want any tobacco products. Yeah, he did not want any tobacco products. Now, was that true? When I was was at ESPN, the the bully character was, I wanted the bully character, and I had a lot of say, creative creative, uh, input. I wanted the bully character to be very cartoonish. Mm-hmm. And that's when the Mario Brothers game was out. Oh, oh man! Mario, Mario! <laughs> if you watch, if you watch the ESPN tapes, you'll hear him chanting Mario. But Vince wanted no parts of that whatsoever. I wasn't allowed to be cartoonish. In fact, what Vince wanted was actually the Stone Cold charisma, which came right after the bully left. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, I just didn't deliver what Vince wanted out of the character. And I shouldn't have been, I, I should have listened to what they were telling me to do. You know, again, looking back, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, and also, I mean, that was, and it's also rare that when you go to an organization that you get that sort of control over your own character and to have that sort of leeway. And at the same time, you know, I hear stories about wrestlers all the time. You know, you've got all these podcasts out there and stuff. And, you know, I get very interested in what things were like behind the scenes. I know a group of wrestlers just got released uh, a few months back. So I've been listening to podcast interviews with them. And a lot of them were saying, you know, really just, you know, taking what you're given and, and making the most of it really, really helps your success. And so, um, so yeah, I can, I, I definitely, you know, hear about that even a lot to this day. Yeah, it's, it, 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 I mean, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything. The red, you know, I, I was a policeman here in Weirton for 10 years and, uh, just about seven down in Metro Atlanta. And between my law enforcement career and my wrestling career, it's two things I wouldn't exchange for anything. I mean, it, it's, you combine that and, and I, I've, I've got a, uh, uh, 
background in powerlifting too. So mm-hmm. I, I, I've been able to live my dreams, uh, and, and I'm very grateful for that. Well, you yeah. actually started a uh, supplement company too, didn't you? Yeah, I had a protein bar company. Uh, I, I, I had—I don't know if you guys know it or not—but in April of 2015, I got, got diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we had to shut that. We had to shut everything down. And but I'm on the mend, and uh, at this point, I'm cancer-free and back in the gym. And you know, we got to go about another three and a half years before I can be called a survivor. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm back to hanging, banging the weights, and for an old guy, I hang in there pretty good. Well, that's good, I and mean, congratulations on getting that good news. I was just about to ask, you know, how things were going uh, since your diagnosis, and uh, to know that uh, things are on the up and up for you. Uh, it really, we're all about sharing people's uh, good news and celebrating their victories, and that's definitely one we'll celebrate on this show. So that, that's great news to hear. We're really happy for you. Well, you know, if you have anybody out there listening that is, is going through that dreaded disease of cancer, uh, I can't say it was a picnic. Uh, the chemo was, for me, because I was already diagnosed with stage four, uh, and, and I had the wow. very invasive surgery. Uh, but if you have anybody that doesn't believe in miracles, you send them to Big Bully Busick, because <laughs> I, I've, had, I've had two of them in 2004, I had sudden death cardiac arrest on the treadmill, and they brought me back, and I was dead for five minutes, and then now the cancer thing. So, you know, you, you can't never, ever, ever give up hope and, and faith, and, and I don't wear my, my religious beliefs on my sleeves, but there's a, there's a lot to be said about about having faith and, and hope. So if any of your listeners are out there and they, they think they can't make it, don't eat that, Elmer. That's horseshit. Just do what you need to do. No, definitely, and and we really do appreciate the message. And yeah, I, I had, I mean, I've lost uh, uh, family members to cancer and stuff, and and you know, it can get very tough to to try and stay positive and and, and have faith. But um, knowing that uh, that you know, no matter what happens, that you can't keep the bully down. Uh, that that's definitely that's definitely a great story, and uh, we really do appreciate you sharing that with us because, like I said. It's it's tough, and any sort of good news or any sort of good words can really help somebody out there, even if it's one person. Well, that's what it's all about. You know, you share your experience, strength, and hope, and and you hope that somebody can grab hold of that and, and move on. Uh, you know, with, with the cancer, I've resigned myself to just put it in God's hands, and, and and if He decides to take me, then He decides to take me, and if He wants me to be here, I'll be here, and by the grace of God, here I sit. You've got a uh, a fairly new grandchild too, don't you? I've got two of them. I went from zero to two. <laughs> in, in, wow! In See, oh, someone's wow. looking out my, for you because they want you to spend time with them. My daughter is uh, fourteen months, and uh, my youngest is seven months. So, uh, and they got me wrapped around. I ain't much of a bully around them. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm an uncle. I've uh, my sister has a seven year old, and uh, I've I've really enjoyed the what it's like to be an uncle. So I kind of know how that's like. And yep, you 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 think you're a tough guy, and then you know kids yep. come around, and yep, it's it's done. They're they got you wrapped around your finger, and uh, they'll, they'll pretty much get whatever they want. Oh yeah, guaranteed, guaranteed. You got you got to teach them some of your old moves. <laughs> Well, we, we got the youngest one doing uh, Hindu squats already, 
And, and the other one that has, has adopted George the Animal Steel style. She just goes around and busts Bites things everything. <laughs> Yeah. Green, oh, that's great. tongue in it everywhere. Oh, that's great. <laughs> hey, you want to speak of people who have really bounced back? Uh, Georgie Animal Steel is also one of them. I recently read an article about him and how he's come back from medical issues that he's had. So even more good news to share on that front. I mean, yeah. everybody calls the wrestling career the, you know, they say everybody's cursed, but... Um, I'm really happy to hear about all these stories like yours, Nick, and about George's, about how people are, you know, they're they're really bouncing back and miracles are happening. It's great to share some good news with some with some guys post career for a change. Well, and, and you know, sports entertainment industry is very very hard on the body, and a, a lot of the guys, you, you know, they go through addictions, they go through physical pain. Uh, because we've just beat our bodies up so terribly throughout the years. And then when you get to this age, if you don't stay active, uh, you know, even Bruno to this day, he's been through a couple surgeries, but Bruno stays very physically fit. And, and, and I was just with Dominic here a few, uh, a few weeks back and I still get a big kick out of Dominic because he calls me kid. And, and I, I just love him. Yeah, I love it when he calls me, okay, kid, he says, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great that you stay in touch with Dominic. I mean, I know that uh, he's also he was also very integral in uh, Mick Foley's career as well. Um, but, yeah, I remember seeing um, Bruno San Martino at the WWE Hall of Fame about a, cu- a couple years back, and he looked phenomenal. He, he looked great, like didn't. He didn't. He walked right up on the stage. Like didn't yeah. look like the years had really slowed him down at all. So it, that was amazing to see. Yeah, and and you know when you start talking about guys like Bruno and Dominic, you you're talking about top shelf class acts. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I was very thankful that they actually uh, mended fences with uh, Bruno. The WWE did. WWF did. Vince, whoever it was, and. Uh, Got him into the Hall of Fame or whatever. Um, it was, it was. I'm nice. I, I love when they do stuff like that. Um, yeah, and you know WWE, they, you know their health and wellness policy. Uh, I understand that there's some sort of lawsuit out there against them now, but they, their health and wellness policy is really uh, stepped up to the plate, and 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 the guys that are in there today, uh, you know, they're they're working in a business that is far different than. In my era, and the guys before, even before me. So, yeah, even with concussions. I mean, yeah, you mentioned the lawsuit with concussions and everything going on. Just like any other sport, it's a danger that that we really need to pay attention to more and more these days. As we, you know, recognize the fact that you know trauma to the head can really affect someone's health, whether it's football, baseball, even basketball, no matter what sport you play. And yeah, I mean, even with uh, with Daniel Bryan, one of the newer talents who had to, who basically had to retire before he wanted to because of that condition. Uh, yeah, you de- they've really shifted their focus, and it's been very beneficial to the to the wellness of the talent. It shows they care, which which only helps them in the long run. Yeah, well, uh, again, and, and certainly I, I, I'm in that league of old timers now. Uh, but you know the, the WWE, as far as I'm concerned, is is the premier organization to be to go to, and, and they've evolved where they need to evolve. And, and it, you know, when you work for them, you're you're working for a class operation. 
Yeah, things are definitely a lot different, though. I mean, from when I was watching um, when I was younger to how it, how it is now. I mean, I can see, you know, there's been actually a couple uh, of uh, wrestlers now that their moves have been, you know, they, they say, okay, you can't do that anymore. It's too dangerous. And I grew up with, you know, Jake the Snake's DDT, Paul Orndorff's pile driver, and, you know, the stuff that, Okay, you can break someone's neck. Yeah, and I'm a little <laughs> and I'm a little younger, so it was for me chair shots to the head, right? Cookie sheets to the head <laughs> in the, during the Attitude Era and all that stuff. Stop signs. Uh, things like well, listen, there's, it's, there's, it's there's no way to fake a body slam. There's no way to fake a turnbuckle. Uh, the clotheslines, the chairs. Uh, you know, this is all full go stuff. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I'm such a you know. I, I, I'll defend professional wrestling till the day I die. And like Kyle said, it's something that there is a group of people. I don't care. I don't care who it is. Uh, if you meet someone on the street and find out they're a wrestling fan, you'll be talking to them for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, with social media the way it is today, to keep old timers like me alive, it's amazing that even myself who. Uh, you know, I, I got as high as mid card. I got to wrestle Bret Hart for the Intercontinental, and, and and my claim to fame, my goal was always to get to Madison Square Garden. Uh, to walk through an airport and have somebody recognize you to this day, it's just dumbfounding, and it's all because of social media and the fact that you guys doing shows like this, and and it, it makes old guys like me uh, uh, keep the fire alive a little bit. Plus, I'll do I'll do any promoting for anyone from the valley. So, <laughs> <laughs> pushing the high valley. There you go. Right. There you go. I always yeah. say it's Bully Busick, Dean Martin, and you know Tracy Lords. So, <laughs> <laughs> ah, I like that too. Never yeah, mind. I yeah. Leave that alone because if my wife listens to this, and I'll be in big trouble. <laughs> Tracy, who? <laughs> we have no idea who that is. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll I'll tell you when Bubba was educating me on the on the famous people from uh, Steubenville. Uh, I'm just like, really, really, yeah. Tracy Lords, really, like, yeah. wow, I had no idea. Pro wrestler, a oh. drunk singer, and a porn star. And don't forget Jimmy the Greek. That's, that's right. right. Yes, oh, that's even better. Oh, I forgot about Jimmy the Greek. We'll throw him in the mix. Yeah, you can't forget Jimmy the Greek. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing I tell every, I tell everyone that it's 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 just funny. Um, well, and, and I so I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about your career after wrestling. Obviously, you 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 know wanted to spend more time with the family, be there with the kids. Very respectable, very admirable. What had you interested in a career in law enforcement? Well, I became a cop when I just turned nineteen years old. I'll never and and I don't know how old you guys are, but back. Back when I graduated in high school in '72, uh, you know, those, I'm, I'm Serbian, and you know, those old hunky families from the valley here, mm-hmm. you know, they were determined their kids were going to college. Well, that lasted about nine weeks, and my old man yanked me out of college because he said I wasn't going to drink beer and chase girls on his time. <laughs> and, and, and I, with all the uncles working in the steel mill, I wound up in the steel mill, and I'll never forget walking into the steel mill and saying oh, my God, I can't put 30 years in here. My goodness. And then uh, I had an uncle in the police department who who uh, wanted to kill me when I joined the police department. But I, I, I'll i never forget, you know, I, I when I got on the police department, I said, this is just the greatest job in the world because, again, the valley was booming. You get to ride around in a car. You get to 
see all the people you grew up with and you get to break up bar fights. I said, life for a 19-year-old was just great. You know, you lift weights, drive around in the car, and then uh, break up bar fights and look at girls. Life was good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, were you, were you a cop in Weirton? I was a cop in Weirton for 10 years, and then I went down to Atlanta, yep. Okay. The reason why I, I not mean to going back to like a Tracy Lords ish type of story, but when I just got out of high school, a buddy of mine took me. He's like, hey, you know, he was older than I was. He's like, I got a place we can go and just hang out tonight and just, you know, we'll, we'll maybe have some drinks or something. And it was one of those like lady establishments. Yes. <laughs> that were right on the other side of the river. And I can't remember the name yes. of it, but I swear it had one of those sliding things on the door where the guy would almost ask for like a password before you would walk in. And I can't remember what the hell it was. We went there and then we went to another one that was serving like canned, probably icy light, but it was, <laughs> that was, that was kind of known for right on the other side of the river there. Well, yeah, we had, uh, Bill Eady and I, who was acts of demolition. We, when I left WWE, we had, we had stumbled into, a, a burlesque, a dollar entertainment club's security down in Atlanta. And we had about six or seven of the bigger clubs in Atlanta. And my dad had a stroke, and that's why I moved back home. And uh, when I sold my company, long story short, the guy went belly up, and I lost my money. And I said to the wife, what are we going to do? And uh, I says, well, I guess we're going to open an adult entertainment club. <laughs> and, 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 and I says, well, I'm going to open it and sell it in a year. And that's what I did. And it was the place you were probably talking about was Rumors, and we opened up a place called The Academy right next door, and I brought the format of the Atlanta, the bigger styles, to Weirton, and, and that's what I did. I sold it in a year, because it wasn't exactly what you wanted your kids growing up around, but, uh, yeah, it was it was a different lifestyle, but yeah, we're, and Weirton was known for that, and of course, we all know what Steubenville was known for back in the early, pre- pre-60s uh, and times, too. So there, there, there's a lot of colorful characters that come out of this come out of this valley. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, and actually, the first time, my dad was the one that mentioned you, the very first time when I was a kid. Um, he worked for a radio station. He worked for WEIR. And, okay. And uh, he worked there part-time, later full-time, because he also worked for Wheeling Pit. And um, I remember he, My dad worked. Yeah, he worked, and uh, he, he. I remember him coming home and, and telling me about you and, and going off to wrestling because it, he had the, the buzz being at the radio station of things that were going on, this, that, and the other. And uh, I remember him talking to me a little bit about it when I was younger. So, yeah, just another one of those fun stories. Because <laughs> all the small connections with everybody Very in that, in that area. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> seven, seven degrees to bully Busick. Well, uh, we'll make that a game. <laughs> So what's the uh, what's the family up to? What are the sons doing now and, and everything? Well, the oldest boys. Uh, my daughter is the oldest. She's uh, a humane officer, and she's got a passion for animals. Uh, the oldest boy's been a West Virginia trooper for thirteen years, and uh, Blanco, the bonus baby, he's in physical <laughs> rehab. He the drive-in kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the he's the bonus baby. So he. Uh, and you know, he he had some cage fighting experience, and he went undefeated until he tore the ligaments in his hand. So he's trying to get that repaired. So I don't know where he'll wind up having having a baby now. You know, babies uh, 
have a tendency to make you settle down. So that's that's not a bad thing at times. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It really brings you into perspective. Uh, it definitely did for my sister. Uh, she, you know, she was kind of a wild child out doing all the things and everything, and then she got pregnant and had my nephew, and and really just, uh, yeah, really settled her down a lot. So I, I definitely believe that, <laughs> you know, kids, kids will, kids will ground you. Yeah, they'll get your attention quick. <laughs> all right, Nick, I have one more, one more question. Um, just going back sure. to to. Uh, the wrestling. How did you get together with uh, Whippleman? That was uh, through Vince, and he was he was very good friends with Sid Udi, Vicious Sid, Sid Vicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sid, the Iron Sheik, and myself were training partners uh, down in Atlanta, and we were uh, we had some of the most grueling, great workouts together, and uh, so. Sid had, had gotten, uh, uh, well, he was known as Downtown Bruno, but Har- they changed him to Harvey Whippleman yeah. to, to come in with the bully. Is is Iron Sheik as crazy as what he seems to be? Yeah, but I'm going to tell you, you, you want to talk about, and he's one of the guys I still stay in touch with today, him and Doheny, but the Iron Sheik, what, what a, this guy's a, uh, a wealth of knowledge <clears throat> people don't realize he really was the Shah the bodyguard to the Shah of Iran uh, he really is from Iran and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he, he won uh, I think it was a bronze medal in the Olympics for wrestling yep definitely uh, yeah he medaled in the Olympics guy mm-hmm. what an absolutely talented guy and they're very close friends of the family well, that's great. I mean, I, I would, yeah, I was, I was very curious about how if you were still staying in touch with the Sheik because um, I follow him on Twitter, and you know, am, among all of his other talents, uh, his his way with, I mean, he just makes me laugh. He just, I, I follow his Twitter account, and anytime like I need, I need to bring a smile to my face. Uh, Sheik's opinions uh, will, will definitely will, they'll they'll get you thinking, and more more often than not, he still lives to entertain, and I think that's one of the greatest things about his personality. Well, I don't know who's doing his Twitter account, but I guarantee you, if if it is him, then he's he's just telling somebody, and somebody's typing it for him. Because I don't see the, the Iron Sheik doing a, a Twitter account. I have trouble getting an answer a cell phone somehow. I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> So who else do you talk to still? Uh, I talk to Bill every once in a while. Uh, definitely I talk to the Iron Sheik. Uh, I see some local guys, Dominic, Bruno, uh, Johnny DeFazio, guys who were you know, back in the day. Um, and then I, I, was in, I was inducted into the Pittsburgh Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, in fact, three weeks before I was diagnosed with the cancer, and then I'm, I'm getting inducted uh, the end of this month here in the West Virginia Wrestling Hall of Fame. Very cool. So, Excellent. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, so we'll meet up with a lot of guys. That, I, I hit some of these wrestling autograph pictures, so I get to see a lot of the guys there. Uh, if anybody, whoever listens to your show here, they can go on my Facebook page, and you can you can see that, that era where I go and meet the other wrestlers. And There's a lot of bodyguard uh, experience. My photo albums under great experiences. You'll see a lot of the bodyguard jobs I've done. Uh, a lot of people don't know how much executive protection work I've, I've really done for a lot of the uh, stars. Um, so, and that would be a part of your 
of what you're doing now uh, with your with your firm that you have now. Is that correct? No, I, I do a lot of safety stuff now. Okay, I'm too old to to fight, and I'm too smart to fight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, and uh, all right, well, hey, uh, Bully, we really do appreciate the time today. Um, I can't thank you enough. This, Whenever I get to talk to a wrestler, or when, when Bubba, and, Bubba and I get to talk to former uh, professional wrestlers, it, it really is a great experience because uh, we just, we really respect what you guys have been through, um, you know, whether professionally and personally. We know that it's a, it's a hard business to be in and a hard business to, uh, to survive even after the fact. Um, just wanted to, to leave with one more thing. Um, uh, you know, what, what does the, the future hold for, uh, for Nick Busick? Where, where do you go from here? Uh, what are you involved in? Uh, what, what's going to go on now? Well, right now, I'd like to get back into my high school. I was a high school wrestling referee. Uh, it seems like my health is holding up to where I can dive back into that. Uh, and I have my little company, my little uh, risk consultant company, and uh, I go around and I, I do a lot of uh, classes, instructor classes on, on various topics, drug-free workplaces, things of this nature. Well, I'll tell you what, Nick. I, uh, as, as Kyle mentioned, I wanted, I've been wanting to take him to Steubenville for quite a while. And uh, within the next couple months, we're going to go. I'll get a hold of you, and we'll all go share some DiCarlo's. I'll go off this vegan stuff. And we'll go get a pizza. Well, you guys call me. We'll go. Uh, we'll pick it to Carlos, and uh, we'll go order a tray, and we'll destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like so, a plan. Yeah, uh, that sounds excellent. That would be that would really be a dream come true, <laughs> Nick. Uh, the, hey, thanks again for uh, for coming on the show today. Congratulations on on your recovery, uh, everything with your family, and I want to wish you. Uh, we really want to wish you uh, continued health and success in the future, and we, we really hope to get a hold of you soon and talk to you again down the road. Especially want to demolish that tray with you. <laughs> all right, guys. Listen, God bless you and all your listeners, and you guys take care. You, you too. take care. Thank you. Bye, Nick. Bye. All right. Wow, that was excellent! Holy cow, dude! That's uh, it was it, it was another one of those uh, Diamond Dallas moments. Mm-hmm. One, one more of those surreal things well, where, like, well, like you said, we talked to wrestlers, and it's like, holy shit! I'm talking to big bully music. Yeah, we're talking to the guys that have that we've seen on TV or at least heard about when you know when we really dive into the history of wrestling and stuff like that. Because that's a, really a lot of what I did. You know, when I, you know, I'm, I was born in 85. So when that whole 80s era, golden era of wrestling was starting to kind of wane a little bit, that's when I really started to kind of pick up on it. I mean, of course, I still knew who Hulk Hogan was and things like that. By the time I was like four or five years old, I knew who that was. But uh, really, I, I, I really grew up with more of the 90s wrestling. So you're talking about that transition era in the early 90s, attitude era, WCW, the NWO, all that stuff. But I got interested and in, in really into it so much, especially after reading McFoley's book, that I really got into the history of it. Really started looking up old wrestlers, researching old matches. Um, that's when I really fell in love with Ric Flair, and you know, that's when you hear about guys like Bully Busick. Um, so, still just amazing to talk to guys um, from from wrestling, the things that we're interested in. I mean, it's. Uh, he, he had great stories, and especially with uh, what he's been through with his cancer. Like, honestly, could not be happier for him uh, with his recovery. So, Right, absolutely. And, and then I really hope he 
understands that I'm being serious about us getting a hold of him. Oh yeah, because I, I I would love that. That would be the photo op of my lifetime. If it was seriously, you know, even if it was, a, you know, a yeah. half an hour, yeah, sitting there eating, I would go off the vegan thing because you know just cheese mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, fine. cheese and dough, whatever. Yeah, fine. I'll 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 have some pizza. I'm not going to pass up to Carlos regardless of anything. No, but to have to Carlos with Nick Busick. You can't that, beat that. That's a story that you really... Yeah. I mean, that, that's a story in and of itself. Like, I had pizza with Bully Music. Yeah. And if... if being, I, I understand that people who listen to this show, not all of them are wrestling fans and they may not understand, but really just try to see it from our perspective. If you're a football fan, say you're a fan of... If you're a fan of the Patriots, this is like... This is like having pizza with a player from the Patriots. Like, if you love football, it's like having, you know, pizza with one of your favorite players or having to be able to just talk to one of your favorite players. Well, plus, it's always great to see someone from the Ohio Valley mm-hmm. where I was born and bred yep. being successful. And, you know, that's uh, there, there, was, there is a short list. That four, we always make fun, you know, Bully Busick, Jimmy yep. the Greek, uh, yep. Tracy Lords, D. Martin. Mm hmm. Of the millions of people that have lived there through the years, that's the only four typically people can mention. Yeah. But that's still four, and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. The other one, you, you won't be able to. Yeah. Uh, actually, two, you won't be able to. And Tracy Lords won't return my calls. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, and the other thing is, he, he has a good life. He has found a great life beyond professional wrestling with... You know, even despite all of his health issues and everything like that, um, and I honestly couldn't be happier for him. Like he sounded great. Like he sounded like everything was going well. And so. I told I told him I respect the fact that he is a wrestler that said, "You know what? I got a family. See you later." Yeah, I'm leaving. And when he was talking about you know, um, on Facebook, he is the proudest grandfather mm-hmm. in the world. Oh yeah. And that I, you know, like he said, God bless him. That's that's amazing. Definitely. Um, so uh, we really do appreciate talking to Nick Busick. So uh, we, you know, we enjoyed talking to him, and I hope you folks enjoyed that interview. Want to switch gears really quick and give you an update from the last show, if you don't mind. I am a female now. Congratulations! I'm, I'm glad you have finally realized your identity. I'm just kidding. Real quick, before you talk about your stuff, I am... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. (laughs) Really, I I just got my two cents real quick. Sure, go ahead. Because I know you'll talk about this and complain probably some more. So, I got Pokemon Go. Just saying. All right. Okay. Welcome to the club. I only have three Pokemon. What do you have? I don't know. Ibimon and... Ibimon and Flydle? I don't know. I don't know what the (laughs) fuck their names are. Flydle. But anyway... That's not even what I was going to talk about. I just wanted to let you know that I, I got it, mm-hmm. and I I actually just I, – I sometimes use it. I think yeah. I don't think I'm doing it right because I think I turn it on and when I'm going to the bathroom and think I'm going to find something, like there's going to be a Bulbasaur in my toilet. You might. See, that's – I don't want to do that. But anyway, what I was saying is it is now going to be a regular thing that I wear my man prees every episode we do. Yes, he is now wearing his man with his Tim Tebow New York Jets jersey. <laughs> I just wanted to let everybody know that. God bless you. 
Need circumcised? Go ahead. Tell your story. (laughs) So if you all remember my very, very long and drawn out rant about everything that was wrong with my apartment last week. Does everybody remember my long? Uh, Sorry. Nope. No, they don't. Nope, they don't. So I I put in my offer for the apartment people and I said, look, I'm going to, you know, give you 60 days notice, but I'm only paying one month's rent to get out of this. Well, they have accepted my terms, so I'm going to get it in writing and I'm going to get the fuck out of there. Boom. I would drop the mic, but it's attached to this stand, and I can't. So what's your apartment number right now? What? What's your apartment? Letter? Number? What is it? You don't have to give the address. Does it have like an A? Are you like apartment A? No, I am am 109. Okay, so you're moving to 110. No. You're not staying in the same place? No, I am moving out of that neighborhood. It seems like a nice place. Just find a place that has a garage garage disposal. A, a garage disposal, yeah. That's what I need, a garage disposal. Three, not your father's. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I, I'm i moving to a completely different neighborhood on the other side of town. I'm getting as far away from it as I possibly can. Other side of the tracks. Yes, other side of the tracks. So to speak. Yeah, but it's a much nicer place. It's a little more expensive, but that's fine. I have a girlfriend. She's going to be paying half the bills. For now, until she leaves you. You're a dick. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Is this place going to have a dishwasher? Yes. That is not your girlfriend. Yes. Because Erin is a dishwasher. She actually likes to do dishes. Correct? Yeah. She loves it. Now, from what you told me before, and I hate to expose this because so many women uh, complain about that have to do dishes, she insists on doing it about three times a day. Is that true? <laughs> no, that's not true. And that's what you told me a little bit ago. So <laughs> not she, what I did. She likes to do it about three times a day. And uh, every once in a while, I mean, once, once she got over her sleepwalking, it stopped. But she used to do the um, get up and do dishes. Is that is that right? Um, none of that is true. But she does cookie sheets now. That's it. And like when she gets up at night, that's that's all she'll do. Even if they're clean, she doesn't even sleep. Well. She'll put, she will talk. Well, not anymore. She, she went to go see. Sleep. She went to go see the doctor about it, and I understand that. And you know, they none of this is true. They well, she went to go see John Edwards too to find out if there was a spirit haunting her to make her sleepwalk and do dishes. And now wow, everything's your imagination, fine. I will, I will say that I'm very impressed with how your imagination works, but you, none of that is true. You can honestly just let it out. She is a sleepwalking dishwasher. No, she is not a sleepwashing dishwalker. I'm going to make her a shirt. <laughs> no, it's, that's not true. Um, actually, we're both tired of doing the dishes so we, and paying for our laundry. So we got a place that actually has a washer and dryer in it. And a garbage disposal. And a garbage disposal that works. And no and tile a that's fucked up by the fridge. No tile that's fucked up by the fridge. Are you allowed pets? Uh, yeah. Why'd you We're say allowed, it like that? Uh, yeah. I I just realized that we had a cat. So what's that mean? No, I'm just saying we we are. We, they do allow pets. Are you sure? Yeah. You, you said that like, oh shit, maybe the cat's got a beard. No, I know because Aaron's got more details on this stuff than I do. So you can hide cats. Cats are no big deal. You can hide cats. You can't, you can't hide loud things. We're gonna we're gonna try and hide the cat. So when I'm my, gonna lock him in the closet. When I go on vacation, yeah. Am I allowed to bring my four dogs to the sleepwalking dishwasher's house? No. She doesn't like dogs. 
Uh, no, no, she is not the biggest fan of dogs. But she loves my dogs. No, she's never met them. But she loves my dad's dog. My dogs are better. She, I doubt that. They are. No one is better. No dog is better than Niner. I'm sorry. I love your dogs. Don't get me wrong. But Niner is the best dog on the planet Earth. Everyone thinks that though. I think nope. my dogs are amazing. You think your dog's amazing? Mm. I mean, it's your dad's dog, but it's your dog too. I understand. But she is really is amazing. Nobody can compete with Lassie. She can. Benji. Cuter than Benji. The dead dog from Marley and Me. Oh come on, dude. That's terrible. I'm serious. What am I? What? The dead dog from Marley and Me. We just had a really great, positive, uplifting moment uh, with uh, with Bully and his and his uh, and how he's overcome cancer. And now you're gonna be like the dead dog from Marley and Me. I couldn't think of any other ones. There's been no other dogs. Snoopy, Old Yeller. Snoopy's not real. No. The Snoop. dead dog from Old Yeller. How's that? Okay. And uh, Snoop Dog. He's still alive. Barely. Do you see him? He's like a twig. He was playing basketball. I picked up a People magazine so uh, Aaron could use like celebrities for this game she was making for the uh, bridal shower. And Snoop Dogg was in it. He was playing. He was like, "Yeah, let me let me dribble the bizzle ball." You know, it was like, "What's that?" <laughs> was What's like, he sound like? <laughs> Do that one more time. I want to hear your imitation. Hold my, on, my imitation. Of hold Snoop on, Dogg. hold on, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, you are the king of imitations. Yeah, you make Rich Little look, look little? like. Somebody else. Oh. So, I want you to do... Hold on. A quick take. One line. Okay. I'm just going to throw you people. Okay. Whether you've done them or not. Okay. Try it. All right. Charlie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that. All right. We'll we'll start start off simple. Okay. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. You like... Yeah. You do it. You get to the chopper. I said one line. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let me give you a hell Yeah. The guy from Bob's Diner that sits at the diner. What's his name? Oh, oh, you mean? Are you talking about Teddy? <laughs> Why don't you just sign the thing right there, Bob Parker? <laughs> Teddy, that's not my last name. <laughs> Do the Tina Moan. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't really do it that good. Sloth from Goonies. Sloth love Chuck. <laughs> this is so much fun. Mr. T. I tell you, man, I pity the fool. Can I do sloth one more time? <laughs> Hurry up. Hey, you guys! <laughs> That's what I really wanted to do. Ronald Reagan. Well, when you see, when you take the thing out, and then you make it into a policy, and then you tie a bow on it, and then it looks really nice. Okay. Um, God. This Come is... on. Come on. What was the one we were talking about that started this whole thing? Charlie Brown? No. No, all Snoop Dogg? Do Snoop Dogg again. Let me tell you about the fizzle with the bizzle, yo. <laughs> this is great. I can't do it. I do Stone Cold. That's it. But yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not doing that because that's your gig here. <laughs> and you're drinking a course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I have the hold whole on. truck outside. Ready? Okay. Robocop. Nope, he never laughed. No, he didn't. No, no. Robocop never laughed, and it would have been, been very scary if he did. Um you may resume your activity. That's almost Schwarzenegger like. Almost, yeah. Minus the accent. Yeah. It's robotic, of Pretty course. Pretty much, yeah. Anybody else in your repertoire? Um I wonder if Chris Benoit had a repertoire. No. 
He had, um, a, he had a gun. Oh, I can do uh, Cleveland. I can do Cleveland, too. Can you? Do Cleveland. Yeah, no, do you Cleveland. Do. Oh, hold on. Do your favorite character from King of the Hill. Oh, <laughs> okay. You're failing English? Bobby, you speak English. You're a beautiful dancer, Ladybird. <laughs> You're a beautiful dancer, Ladybird. I'll tell you what. Turn right. down for what? <laughs> All right, this is this is done. Right, is it done? All right, so August 2nd. Okay. Two weeks from now. August the 2nd. Two weeks? Two weeks. Claire Crawford. Two weeks. Claire Crawford Sports. Sweet. Uh, we're going to be pushing that a little bit more. I'm going to try to get her here with us for the entire hour. Excellent. So she can just bullshit with us the whole time. Um, That'd be great when you talk about the sports games. Sports games and matches. Sports headlines. We like sports. We don't care who knows. Soccer and Frogger. <laughs> football and football. All right, guys. That's all I got. Honestly, it was a, another amazing show. Um, I hope you listen to it because if not, you're not hearing me right now. And it really doesn't matter. That's right, because all five of you who listen, we really appreciate you listening. And um, again, thanks to, to Nick Bully Busick for joining us. And uh, yeah, August 2nd, we'll be on with Clara Crawford. Uh, we're going to start uh, doing more sports things, sports games on the show. We'll so go we, live next week. Yep, we appreciate Yeah, we'll go live next week. And we appreciate you guys uh, uh, tuning in on Facebook or through SoundCloud or through Google Play, however you like. And also following us on Twitter and Facebook. So we uh, hope you all take care, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.